Watermark friends and family, welcome to another episode of New Here Too. Where we are all finding our place through questions and answers. That's right, friends. And uh, today we got a great question. Uh, just hit us with it, Kelsey. Let's jump right in. So back to the beginning, last podcast we just talked about the very beginning for me and what that looked like. But one thing that I could not wrap my head around and never ever understood until like probably six months ago was why people were saying that Jesus was going to return and come back Uh and we're, you know, one day it's coming, it's going to happen. We're ready. That kind of thing. And I remember being like, okay, if Jesus comes back, is it going to look like what it did in the new Testament? You know, he's going to walk around, he's going to be man, he's going to perform miracles and have disciples. And it's just going to be a repeat to have people, you know, come to the church and, um, be Christians and see Jesus and live like that. Well, I found out that that's not, that's not it. <laughs> I love that. So the first theory was like, it's going to be like church. He's just going to come and yes. preach and teach. Yes. I, he's, I love that. He's going to show up at a local church in Kansas yeah. and be like, I'm back. Here I am. Let's do it. It's Jesus. <laughs> and okay. we're going to be like, oh my gosh, Jesus. And, you know, <laughs> listen to his sermons that's and right. everyone's going to gather. It's a great and, thought. It's a great thought. I, that's what I, that's what I thought. Okay. I mean, that's the, that's the context that I had. Right. That's what he did yep. when, yeah, so as he not? grew up. Right. So here we are again. Round two, 2.0. Exactly. Yeah, two. I get it. And so I, Sequel. Rem- I remember bringing it up to my husband and being like, okay, I've never asked anybody this before, but you know, what's really tough for me is when people say that Jesus is going to come back. Like why, why yeah. is it, is that what it's going to look like? And yeah. he was like, oh no, that's not what it's going to look like. And I was like, <laughs> oh, well, break it you, down. Why are you saying that so dramatically, honey? <laughs> Tell me more. I'm here. So I told Ben before we started recording, I really tried to prepare for this yeah. and do research and look into it and get more information and get a good idea of what the rapture okay. looks like. Good, That's good. Yeah. the word that was given to me. <laughs> okay. And I was having a really tough time. So what better resource to use than your local pastor? There you go. But you did some research already. I tried. Okay, what did you find? I want to start there. Well, it was interesting because a lot of the research that I found was like, you know, some Christians believe this and some don't mm-hmm. and some think that this is actually going to happen, but eh. Right. And I was like, well, wait, what am I... Well, one, what does it say biblically? Because that I don't know. And I guess I could have opened a Bible, but mm. hey, guys, guess what? I didn't. <laughs> Sorry. And that's, wha- that's not relatable. That, yeah. All, all mature Christians only go to the Bible first and not Google. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm not even going to lie. It was Wikipedia. There you go. And so I was like, let me get just a basic idea. Maybe I can, maybe I can find some scripture to at least reference. Because I didn't even know where to look in the Bible, right. first of all. Right. Second of all, I didn't even know what this word meant. And third, I didn't know why that was a thing. And that's why, like, why do we, why do we say that he's going to come back? And what does that mean for us? Right. Which is like, I know it's a huge question. Yeah. Yeah. What does it mean for us? That's good too. So let's jump right in. And I think you did great. You know, you, at least you asked the question and then you weren't afraid to start doing some research on your own. And, and that's a huge value, you know, like leaders, lead, leaders and pastors rise and fall yeah. and they come and go. 
And so we have to learn to feed ourselves using Paul's language um, from, from, excuse me, not Paul, the author of Hebrews language, that we have to be mature and feed ourselves. We have yeah. to learn to feed ourselves through scripture and, and, and fellowship, friends, and, and that's feeding as well. But um, anyways, <laughs> that was an extra. <laughs> I think that we should start here. And if you guys want, listeners, you can go back to the, the episode, two episodes ago on this Watermark OC Church library, and you can find uh, the message I gave from Hebrews week one, Chapter one, superior gospel. And, and I learned this re- relatively recently. I'm born and raised a Christian, but I, I felt like my, my idea of the gospel, the good news, the message of Jesus mm-hmm. was expounded greatly in the last two years. And it wasn't just uh, the gospel defined explicitly. It's not just Jesus died for my personal sins so I could get to heaven. But right. that's the message, right? Wouldn't yeah. you agree? That's yeah. what you hear, think or hear about Christian churches. Yeah, yeah, of course. Jesus died for my personal sin so I could get to heaven. Yeah. Actually, the gospel is like this beautiful, complete picture. And it starts with number one. I, I put in that in that sermon, if you go listen to it, you'll find the eight-point gospel, which is a little bit aggressive. It's a little bit too much detail. <laughs> but at the same time, it really enriches our faith. And I'm going to end with our point uh-huh. today. And I'll do this really quick. Number one, that Jesus pre-existed with the Father. It means he's a co-eternal being. He's, like God, you know, he's God and man. Number one, he yeah. pre-existed with the Father. Uh, if he was just another man who died, what would matter? But right. he didn't. He was God-man, and he yeah. died, right? Number two, he became human. That was really important, too, that he was actually took on flesh and blood. He could relate, but he didn't sin. Why? Mm-hmm. He's the perfect offering. That's important. Um, number three, he did die for the sins of the world, right? And that's the big punchline because uh, we can't pay for sin ourselves. We can never fix ourselves or be good enough. He was good enough for us. Uh, he was buried. That's really important. He actually did die. Uh, number four, he was raised to life again. Easter, hello, resurrection. Yeah. Like he conquered death. He defeated death. That's how we can trust him and believe that it was a worthy price and sacrifice. Um, number six, he appeared to many. He appeared to many people. Like it wasn't just this narrow little isolated corner of the world where he appeared to two people. Who would care about two witnesses? No, there was over 400 witnesses, over 40 days, distinct, you know, corroborated across the board. And then the last two, uh, he he ascended to the throne, so he's enthroned as the king right now, currently today. He's, in, he's a king. He, we can trust him. He's the ruler. He has all the power. And then finally, number eight, the one we're here to talk about, uh, he will come again. Mm-hmm. He'll return. And some might even add, he'll come to judge uh, the world. And right. even that's a tough, loaded word. Judgment. Wow. Um, well, judgment, by the way, means good judgment and bad judgment. So the, of the righteous and the unrighteous. He'll, Is that where Credo comes in? Credo. 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 You got it. Look at you speaking Greek over here. The, 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 the student has become the teacher. <laughs> I Just listen. go ahead. Just take over. <laughs> Krino. Yeah, this Greek word, Krino. That's the word for judgment is Krino. And yeah. it means just, it means to separate, to put, you know, things in two columns really is what I'll put it plainly. But bottom line, we do find out that Jesus coming again is a central part of the gospel. Yeah. So you got it. And it's important to just know that he's coming back. Yeah. Uh, the what and the how and the when and the why are all a little bit more loaded, but I want to turn people's attention. Well, first of all, that's number point number one. There's a full picture of the gospel, and it's all important. And Jesus coming again is an important part of it. Number two, Scripture has the answer. I lo- you said that earlier. Yeah. Like, um, uh, yeah, we just we there's so many theories and opinions out there today. Yes. I think Scripture is really helpful because we also a lot of things people theology like beliefs we've made are they come from all over the place. Yeah. And there's a lot of direct shots just straight from scripture. And so like even the listener, even maybe you're working out or you're driving or whatever, so you can't do this, but later put it as your homework to go and read Luke 21. Luke 21, the second half of the chapter in particular. When we were in pandemic this last year and it was like really scary and really frightening and really unprecedented mm-hmm. and people didn't know what to do or say or think, 
There's a lot of end times talk. A lot. Yeah. And so is this the rapture? Is this the end times? Is Jesus coming back? Yeah. Happened all over the place. And, and, I, and, and God just brought me my, this verse to my attention. I started sharing it with the elders, the leaders of the church, and the staff, and anyone I found who was having an anxious or a fearful time. And I said, listen to what this says. And, and I can't read all of it because it's like, you know, 30, 30 plus verses here. <clears throat> but there are several really great reminders here. First of all, sometimes when the Bible talks about the end times of Jesus' return, um, the signs that Jesus talks about, so right here it says in one of the section headings, Luke chapter 1, the signs of the end of the age. Well, probably want to pay attention, right? Yeah. If we're asking that question, Jesus is coming again. I would like a sign. Yeah, right? And so he says there are some signs. Some of the signs took place in the first hundred years. So right, right away, that's really important to know about this question. A lot of people say, oh, well, there's going to be this, the, uh, Jerusalem's going to be totally uh, taken down, and it's going to, the, the, the city right here, it says, when you see Jerusalem, verse 20, surrounded by armies, then recognize that its desolation has come near. Then those in Judea, the surrounding area, uh, must flee to the mountains. Those in the outside of the city must leave it, and those who are in the country must not enter into it, because these are the days of vengeance to fulfill the things that are written. That that one piece right there, we believe, actually tells about the year 70 AD or 80 AD, when Jerusalem was totally wiped out. Wow. So some of that took place already. Yeah. But then we're going to get into some other pictures here. Okay, so... This comes from uh, verse 25. There will be signs in the sun. This is Jesus' words when the disciples ask, how will we know? Mm. They ask the same question you're asking, Kelsey. And Jesus' own words, red letter, red letter Bible, right? The red letters are Jesus speaking. I did not know that, by the way. I mean, <laughs> I, I learned that. But I love that we're able to kind of see the difference so that yeah. we know, hey, this is Jesus talking. Yeah, let's listen I up. just didn't understand right. at the beginning. So weird, but that's it. So we can trust. Okay, it's Jesus' own words. So he goes on 25. Then there will be signs in the sun, the moon, the stars. There will be anguish on the earth among the, the, among the nations, bewildered by the roaring of seas and waves. People will faint from fear and expectation of the things that are coming on the world because the powers of the heavens will be shaken. What does that mean? What does all of that mean? Yeah. Well, first of all, even though this is like um, one of the, the, the gospel letters, which is the testimony of Jesus, and there are other books in the Bible that are like outright poetry, Psalms, Proverbs, right. the wisdom literature, there's also room for um, not poetry, but uh, parabolic language, right? Like symbolic language. Yes. So like people want to make every, well, some of these could be like the rising, rising ocean levels. I don't know. Maybe, maybe yeah. it is. But the sun, moon, and the sun. Oh, well, every time we have an eclipse of the moon, it's, G I don't know. Yeah, maybe didn't not. we have a solar eclipse like yesterday? Yeah. And yeah. it was the first one in, I don't know, hundreds of years or thousands of years though, or the last one we're going to see before. Yeah. Fine. Okay. Maybe, but maybe also it's symbolic language. Yeah. And that's okay. So like, how do we read scripture? The answer's there, but also how we read it. It's important. And then he gets to like what I think is really encouraging because I think, and this is the punchline of the whole episode from at least my answer this far in my life, people want to over-focus on these 15 different signs and I think there's really just one. There's one. And here it is. Then they will see the Son of Man, that is Jesus, that was his favorite title for himself, the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift your heads because your redemption is near. Wow. Wow, right? So, two things from those two verses alone. Number one, I'm not trying to read any crazy sign except for the one where I see Jesus, Jesus. on a cloud, right? <laughs> yes. So I don't have to worry. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to freak out and I'm going to stop trying to read the signs. Because, uh, by the way, um, is it in the same chapter? 
whether it's this chapter or another one, Jesus says really clearly, like, stop trying to read the signs. Right. It'll come so unexpectedly. Jesus says it'll come like a thief in the night. Wow. You won't know. It's just no. going to happen. And so stop trying to be these Christian geniuses, which I'm, it's so sad. Like, back to what we were talking about last episode, like, as Christians, we want to have all the knowledge and be in control. Yeah. That's not our call. Yeah. And so, anyways, that's the first thing. The one final sign that I'm looking for is Jesus, like, on the clouds, mm-hmm. right, with this great glory. But the second thing is, even for that sign, because people use this, you're talking about the rapture, Jesus coming, and we get immediately get this picture of the street sign, picket, you know, picket sign per Christian, yeah. who's like, churn or burn or yeah. hellfire or he's coming tomorrow, and it's yeah. all angry and scary, right? It is, and I guess I never thought of that, but I do see those people with the signs on the side of the road and their megaphone and they're yelling at people to kind of get your act together because Jesus is coming. Right. And it just never really made, I guess now looking back, I, I could have put those two things together, but I, it's, hard. it's, I never understood why they were angry. Yeah. Right. But bottom line is they feel angry. Yeah. And I like, I appreciate a sense of urgency. That's cool. Yeah. Like he, he, uh, here at verse 34, he's a need for watchfulness. The title says, be on your guard. So your minds are not dulled, um, at, you know, for it will come on all who live on the face of the earth. So there's that warning, um, praying that you'll have strength to escape all these things. So like, but back to here, because your redemption is near. So when he does come, yeah. it's, it's like a good thing. Yeah. It's a good thing, at least for believers. Yes, we can pivot into a whole other conversation. If you don't know Jesus, there's the urgency to know Jesus. You can have this peace yeah. that guards your heart and mind. You can know that you're righteous. You can know that you, this redemption, it, it, when Jesus comes, it means redemption for you. But um, I just think we do a huge disservice when we try and use fear and scare tactics. Um, when Jesus comes, um, you know, it's to the believer, it's supposed to be this encouraging sign. And so... Yeah. You know, there's other parts uh, you can, and people can look this up. What are the main passages about the end times? And you can go to Revelation 20, 21, 19 to 21, 22. And that's where you get into more rapture language. Mm-hmm. Is Jesus going to come and he's going to, there's a last point I'm going to say. And then if you have questions, let's go for it. But there's, there's even Christian theories on the rapture. So, here, yeah. so my first point was eight point gospel. My second thing was, what does the Bible actually say? Read Luke 21 for encouragement. And the third and final point I have to answer it is, that end times theology or belief is a lot of it is up for debate. Yeah. It's not a fa- hard and fast believe my specific way about the rapture or you suck or you're lying or you're bad. Christians, great Christians across the whole spectrum have differing beliefs about the end times and about the rapture. And that's okay. That's like the main point is he comes again. Yeah. <laughs> and we should have pretty much universal agreement on he comes again. But yeah. All the other detail and how we interpret scripture. Let it be what Tim Keller calls an intramural debate, like same team. And let's just debate and like give that to each other. Oh, I like that. It is same team because we, right. Scripture says that it's, it is going to happen, right? And we Mm -hmm. believe that the Bible is true. And so the nitty gritty of it, I guess, is not really the point. Mm -hmm. And I guess just coming in and not knowing the story and not knowing the background. And now it makes sense as to why my Googling was so, um, skewed because mm-hmm. maybe it's the rapture quote rapture itself that has a little bit of controversy yeah. with it and not necessarily the end times right. and more of what Christians believe that is so um, kind of back and forth right. and not everybody's on the same side. That's a little bit tricky to mm-hmm. wrap your head around. Right. So that makes sense as to why it was tough for me to kind of look it up. But yeah. um, there's a lot there. just a lot. Y- yeah, it is. And I I do appreciate the more symbolic 
scripture of it mm-hmm. than it being word for word. This is exactly first. It's going to look like this. Yep. Then it's going to yes. look like this um, because you're right. And it's the Bible as a whole is tough for me because like reading the Bible is tough for me because I really don't understand the symbolicism mm. behind a lot of the words mm. and behind a lot of the verses. Right. Um, so not taking it, not taking it for the words, but taking it for the meaning. Right. Uh, I think that's important for at least this portion of it. That's right, Kelsey. I, I, I think you're dead right. There's something when we learn to read scripture, um, <laughs> scripture is accessible for everyone. Let me start with that conviction. It's accessible and relatable for everyone. Your story is a living, breathing testimony of that. Like there you are reading Job or what was it about the, the, deers or the gazelles the ostriches and the ostriches yeah. like crazy like you don't have to have this bible degree to understand yes. that it spoke to your heart yeah and we believe that about scripture that it's there's something that like spiritually you know immaterial that tr- that transpires when we read scripture so it's accessible for everyone but also it is like a habit habit or a discipline yeah. maybe like typewriting or working out or learning a new language there's definitely skills to come into play that to do it well. Yeah. I hate the elitist idea that says, oh no, only the professional pastors can read scripture and then teach you scripture. No, everyone can learn to do it themselves. Yeah. But my one caveat is, is that we do learn to take into account all the things you just said, context. Yes. What's the, there's the verse there that was symbolism, but there was a verse right next to it that was literal. You know what the common denominator is, by the way, that's really important? It's the fact that they're both historical. So what, right. like when it comes to reading the Bible, a lot of people want to discredit it by saying it's all symbol and it's all poetry. Yeah. So therefore it's, it's, if it's not literal, it's not believable. No, no, no. It's, it's historical. Yeah. It was written by real human beings and people outside the Bible confirmed that it was real human beings that lived and breathed and wrote it down. There's confirmation that they actually happened. Um, but just because something's symbolic or poetical doesn't mean that it's not true. Right. right? And so all that stuff comes from just some time. Yeah. And and what you said about taking one passage in context of the greater passage is really important. So Yeah. Well, thank you for explaining that to me because yeah. like I said, it was something that I really struggled with. I really just it was out of not understanding and not knowing and not knowing that even those passages existed right. and what it looks like and why he would return and what that what that means for us. So yeah. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. I think I leave the listeners with a word of encouragement. Um, when you read uh, the Bible cover to cover, Genesis starts with this creation picture. Yeah. Right? And there's man, and there's woman, and there's the heavens and the earth. And uh, by the way, a lot of Christian, bad Christian theology out there suggests, man, we just need to get off this planet because it's going to burn anyway, yeah. and we're just getting on the rescue raft to heaven. That is a Christian who hasn't read all of Scripture, right. just plainly, to tell you the truth. Because then you get all the way to Revelation, and you even get Jesus. So you go from Genesis, and then you get Jesus, and then you get Revelation, which is where some of the biggest imagery and wording comes for the end times, mm-hmm. where, where we have um, uh, God saying that there's going to be a new heavens and a new earth. Whoa. So ah. first of all, we know that, w- that when, we go- when we die, we'll get new bodies, and that's credible. Yeah. No more sickness, no more death. For yeah. once, like we're not plagued by the things of this world. Oh, can I just yeah, pause go. really fast? Yeah. I think it was last week. I don't remember if it was last week, but during one of the sermons, Bucky was saying that in heaven, you know, we're not gonna, um, we're not gonna have our sicknesses. We're not gonna have our ailments. We're not gonna have our scars. Um, and I was like, wait a second, really? Like when so. You know, I struggle with mental health when I get right. to heaven. Like, I know that heaven is going to be amazing. Right. And it's not going to be tough for me. Yeah. Yeah. But 
I was like, I had never heard it put into sentences before that I'm not going to be sick mm, in heaven. So good. And I was like, oh, wait, I, okay. Yeah, that what a delight. I'm down. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. And I don't think we pause enough to fix our attention on that or our thoughts on that. So yeah. Because we just think, I'm reading this from my own bias, but we just think this earth is just the end all be all because there's so many distractions so many addictions so many you know beautiful things too where we're just like this must be heaven we've already reached it like that's why you know just experiences and feel good theology you know of the world is so prevalent it's hard it's hard without scripture and without christian community to ping our attention back to something even better yeah i love that you say that And, and that and i felt that conviction this last year like why don't i there's so many verses that say that we should eagerly await the day of the Lord's return. Lot, lots of lots of references that say just that. Anxiously await, eagerly await. We look forward to the day. And I was like, why don't I feel like that? And mm. I just felt this conviction in my heart, like, because you're too hooked on the things of this world. Like, you're oh. too busy being distracted by, you know, I don't know, like shopping or food yeah. or whatever, you know? And those things can be good too. But yes, the point is, is that there's something even greater after this life. Yeah. And to your point, we'll be given new bodies. That's something to celebrate and look forward to. And, and Revelation is really clear, and Jesus is really clear. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth. So I want to leave people with like a hopeful message and an yes. encouraging message like that regardless of the, some of the debatable things, Scripture is really clear. It's not just everything's going to burn. By the way, why would, he do, why would he do this glorious thing and create this beautiful thing and then just and like just torture it? Right? Yeah, like um, it says there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. So that's something to look forward to, and it's a beautiful picture, and wow. it's an encouraging thing about our Creator God and how he wouldn't just, yeah, against his own nature and his own design, build something beautiful and then just abolish it. Yeah. So, yeah, so be encouraged, guys. Remember, write your questions into watermarkoc.com slash questions. We want to keep the conversation going. And we'll try to tackle these big questions like yep. this because yep. everybody has them, let's be honest, and it's good to get it out, and then we can talk about it and hopefully shed some light. That's right. Thanks, you guys. Thanks. <laughs>